We're back with another episode today. My guest is Raiz, the Beast, Aline. Peace, brother. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing all right. Appreciate you stepping on here with me, man. I, I really do. Thank you for taking the time out. So let's get right on into it then. All right. So I always ask the boxers or anybody associated with combat sports, or mainly boxing, about the top five. So one of the top fives would be this one. Can you name your top five Mexican boxers of all time? Oh, man. Uh, I'd have to say Chavez, uh, De La Hoya, uh, Canelo. Man, you know, it's just, it's just so many, you know. <laughs> I'd, ha- I'd have to say those are the top three. You know, I got to put Pacquiao up in there, you know. Pacquiao, uh, Philippine, man. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's Filipino. Uh, damn. I just got to give you my top three. You know, there's so many, you know, there's a lot of Mexican fighters who are uh, just great warriors. They come to fight, you know, yeah. they put that pressure on they, they in there. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So mine would be uh, Ricardo Lopez, Ricardo Finito Lopez. Okay. Okay. Mar- Marco Antonio Barrera. Eric Morales. Morales. Salvador Sanchez. And then Juan Manuel Marquez. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I used to like Marquez. Yeah. Well, you said used to. What, what happened? What made you fall off the bandwagon? Uh, I mean, well, he just stopped fighting. I mean, I'll always still be a fan, of course, but like I, I just kind of used to uh used used to like some of the things that he did inside the ring, you know, especially like some of this uh preparation, you know, even like when he was preparing for the Pacquiao fight, you know, throwing that overhand right hand, preparing for Pacquiao to yeah. to launch in. Yeah, you know, so uh yeah. yeah, catching catching Pacquiao on that bounce. And mm-hmm. I think he was doing a good job of it because, you know, I would sit there and just watch it. Like, I don't think the judges necessarily know. And I know that got to suck for you guys because the judge is just looking for the best action that they can see. You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of them really understand what it is that's going on in the ring, especially from a technical aspect. You know, and I think Marquez kept trying his best and finally did catch him on that bounce, you know, on that rhythm bounce when he, uh, when he came in. And knocked his motherfucking knocked his ass unconscious and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. so yeah, that, that was one of those fights. And you could just see it in his face. He was always frustrated. And I was like, man, if they knew what they was what he was doing, they would give him a little bit more, you know what I mean? A little bit more support and a judging. But you know, he he put he did he did have some really great fights at, at, at against uh Pacquiao. I thought that last oh. one should have been should have been it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but uh, that's what it's all about, you know, stepping up to the plate, going to war, coming out on top. Yeah, yeah, because they, they they had all four of those fights were, were vicious. Oh, yeah, they was going at it. Yeah, <laughs> vicious. The motherfuckers felt like they really, really hated hated, hated each other, man. Like Exactly. And that's the thing. It was no bad blood outside the ring, you know, like. It was all, it was all business pride. Like, yeah, it was like them niggas like, yo, you stole money from me, cuz I want my shit back. <laughs> Yeah, Hell yeah. So, t- so tell me, where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Muskegon, Michigan. You know, so that's like you know five hours or four hours from Detroit, about uh, four hours from uh, Chicago. Okay, okay, yeah. So you ain't too far from the Korea. I'm from Chicago, by the way. I think I might have uh, told you that already, but yeah, I'm from Chicago, and uh, from we used to take we used to go up there for some time on vacation or see family and shit like that. So we would go like uh, 
Detroit or, or, or I think it was Grand Rapids at, at some point. So mm-hmm. I think I think Flint was a, de- a destination as well. OK, that's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how was it growing up in, in, in Michigan for you? Uh, <clears throat> growing up in Michigan was tough, you know, uh, small town, you know, uh, I, I went from like the hood to like the country to back to the hood. Cause my pops took me and my brother from the hood and moved us out to the country, you know, just wanted a better life for us and all that. And, uh, you know, we was living in hell living with my pops. So then mm. we moved, out, moved, you know, moved back with my mom into the hood and stuff like that. Uh, and then, you know, the struggles of boxing, you know, trying to box in a small town, you, you got to travel and, you know, for just for sparring and stuff yeah, like that. Cause it ain't a lot happening. Exactly. You know, it was real low level. You know, I never spar a pro until I was pro. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> whole time on your journey, you never had no, like, even through the amateur circuit. Nah, nah. You know, I would go to different gyms and uh, spar other amateurs, mm. you know, uh, but like never sparred a pro. But when, when I turned, uh, when I did turn pro, that's when we had to travel. You know, we would travel to Chicago to, uh, to spar, to, uh, you know, we'd go to Detroit. That's a four-hour drive. You know, so it was a, uh, it was tough. Even Ohio, but uh, you know, we just had to find a way, and we made it happen. You definitely gonna get some work in Ohio, bro. You <laughs> definitely gonna get some work there. If you don't get no work there, it must be like a, a fucking nuclear bomb hit that place because they they jam they got they got some hitters over there, bro. Yeah, they got some yeah. hitters over there. So, at what point did you know that you wanted to turn pro? From through the um, amateur career? Well, it's like, I've always been an athlete. You know, I was athletically on my feet since I was three. Uh, I got my black belt in karate when I was like 12, turning 13. I started oh, boxing like right afterwards. Uh, and I was naturally good. So I just kind of stuck with it. And uh, being a kid from, from the hood, small town, being able to travel for free and get to fight. It's like, oh shit, this is, uh, this is pretty cool. You know, like going to the nationals and stuff like that. And, uh, no matter what I had going on in life, boxing was always my outlet, you know? So, um, my father figure who was my first boxing coach, Terry Markowski, you know, he was the one who was investing his own money, picking me up, dropping me off from the gym, taking me to these tournaments and fights, paying Mm -hmm. to go to Chicago, Detroit, Ohio, all that. And, uh, you know, we would talk about it, you know, like turning pro and everything. And I had a stable mate, uh, Johnny Garcia. He he had turned pro and uh, he actually gave Ugas his first loss. You okay. know, they, uh, they they fought on Showtime or whatever, but he was my stable mate, you know. And I'm in the gym grinding at the time. And, uh, you know, Terry told me, like, yeah, you know, you should turn pro. So I did. And that's how it started. OK, how many fights had you had as an amateur at that point? I had about 75 amateur fights. Okay. Yeah, you know, I had about 75. So, you know, I had a, a you know, I was uh made it to the Golden Gloves National sem- uh, semifinals two years in a row. I've been to the Nationals probably four or five times. Uh, you know, I've been to the USAs and stuff like that. I kind of came up with a lot of the, you know, good guys and stuff like that. Okay, cool, cool. So that that once you once you sign pro, did you keep Terry around with you as a, like a manager or anything? Yeah. So when I first turned pro, uh, Terry was my trainer and my manager, you know, and uh, I was uh, what I was three and oh with two knockouts. And then I had a chance to fight my first undefeated fighter early in my career. 
He was 4-0 with three knockouts. This was on the Adrian Broner undercard back when HBO was still around. We was the first fight of the night. This was in Ohio, mm. you know. So I went in his backyard. I dropped him in the first round, dominated every round. I won. And uh, after that, nobody wanted to nobody wanted to fight me, you know. So I, I, I went a minute without getting a fight. I went like two years. Uh, and then I signed with Cameron Duncan. And, you know, then okay. I thought, okay, cool. I just got to train and be ready. My career is going to take, take off. Yeah. It, that shit didn't happen. You know, I had a few fights and shit went stagnant. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I Cause I've been looking fight. at that. That was one thing. I'm glad you said that. I've been looking at it. Like what is the, with the stagnant part of your career? Like it'll, it'll be like, you will go, you will have a few fights straight. And then it's like, all right, no. And I, I wanted to ask you, is it, was it, is it injury or is it just because nobody wants to fight you? Well, I think it's a combination of things. It's always been hard for me to get fights. But like, well, I watched you, bro. So I, I see. I get it. I get it. I mean, but like, you know, we, we I've never had anybody with money behind me. You know, okay. ain't nobody paid for my fights. I ain't never fought in Mexico or nothing like that. I just feel like I never had an opportunity to sell. We, we tried fighting undefeated fighters. We tried fighting guys with uh, 50-50 records. We, we even tried to fight bums just to get in there and, you mm-hmm. know, kind of keep it going. And it just... It wasn't happening. I honestly just believe that um, Cameron didn't believe in me. He believed in me mm. enough to sign me, but he didn't believe in me enough to uh, to move me because there's this kid named uh, Ed Brown, rest in peace. You know, he uh, he was from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Great fighter. You know, we we had actually sparred a few times and he ended up signing with Cameron. This nigga was fighting like every weekend. Mm. You know, Cameron called me once like, oh, can you fight this weekend? I'm like, yeah, I've been dying for a fight never heard from him i'm talking about three weeks go by like hey the fight's still happening whatever and like he never got back to me like just didn't even say they had well did did you guys have any like discourse between each other between you guys or anything i just you know like i heard terrence crawford uh mentioned when he was signed with them at the time that uh cameron doesn't pick up the phone or something Mm -hmm. like that and I'm like, yo, this shit's fucking relatable. Like, I don't want to talk bad about nobody, but like, I live through this shit, you know? Like, I'm talking about, you want to talk about depressed? Everybody around you that you're in the gym with, training with, sparring with, they're getting fights. Yeah. And you're ready to fight. You're grinding, but you're just stuck. Like, okay. it's just not happening. Bryce, I was wondering. I'm like, man, because I was looking at the fights. And I was like, he goes like, he'll have two or three fights and then it just, it's a drop off. It's a two fights yeah. and it's a drop off. Another two fights and then he just drops off. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's why I still consider myself a young fighter. I've missed out on like four and a half years of fighting. Like mm. I've stayed in the gym. It wasn't injuries. It first happened early in my career. It secondly happened uh, after I signed with Cameron, had a few fights, boom. And then that's when I decided to stop listening to managers, trainers, promoters, and take my life into my own hands, my life and my career. That's when I made a plan. I moved to Vegas. I made, I was training myself for a year and a half. And yeah, then I had, yeah. a, I had an opportunity to fight a, a undefeated fighter. He was eight and no with eight knockouts. And this is coming off a two and a half year lockup, uh, mm-hmm. you know, layoff, layoff and me training myself. I, I jumped on that opportunity, you know, dropped him in the first round, dominated every round, almost stopped him in the last round. But if I had 10 more seconds, I'm stopping the dude, but I won. And that started the domino effect. You know, and that's why I moved the way that I moved, because it's like, fuck that. I got me here. I didn't, I didn't if I was listening to everybody else, I'd still be in Michigan working at a grocery store, mm. grinding, 
trying to make this shit happen and it's not, it's just, yeah. It wasn't gonna work for you doing it like that, huh? Exactly. Your style, watching you, watching you fight, um, you have a mixture of people. So tell me who it is that you pull from as far as boxing it go goes. Cause I was looking at it and I was like, I see some Roy Jones in there. No. I see some Pernell Whitaker at, at certain points. And I see some Sugar Ray Robinson. But, but you tell me who it is that you that you pull from. I mean, honestly, I feel like uh when I'm in the ring, I'm kind of like a comedian, uh, a chameleon. You know what I'm saying? Like I can uh I believe like when I fight most people, I have multiple paths to victory. You know, so I feel like you have to be diverse. You can't just fight going to the left. Mm-mm. You know, I can fight going left. I can fight going right. I can box. I can counter punch. I can go forehead to forehead. You know, so depending on who I'm in with depends on what style you might see from me. You know, uh, but there's never been a guy that I tried to Im- imitate. Okay. Now, there would be certain things that was like, okay, I like that. You know, like, okay, I like Pacquiao's footwork. I like how he has that little box. Or that little bounce, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like Marquez's uh, timing, or you know how uh, the monster throws a certain body punch. It's like, okay, I like that. I, I, I might steal that, or you know, I like how um, Roy Jones throws his left hook. You mm-hmm. know, the way he's positioned before he throws it, or like what he does to kind of bait somebody. You know, so it's uh, it's kind of if I see it, I can do it. You know, we might be in fight, and I see you do some shit, and I might do it right back to you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I was looking, I was like, I see some Roy in there, man. The way you throw that left hook, I was like, okay, I, I know where that come from. I know where that yeah. put, I know where that put that push and pull motion comes from. I was looking like, yeah, that's Roy right there. Because okay, so here's another thing. At one point, it looked like you were on your way to the top. Is this is this part of that whole drop off with you not just being able to get fights consistently? No, um, this is just uh, you know how it is. Like when you're when you're uh, up and coming, shit, you can fight every weekend. But when you get to a certain level, that shit, you know, kind of slows down a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, maybe you fight three times a year, maybe you fight twice. I mean, ideally, I want to fight three times a year, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of that is out of my hands. Sometimes it's boxing politics. You know, like I was the uh, WBA mandatory challenger for the world title for like two years. For but, two you know, years. Yeah, against Akhmedalia. But you know, he's on that's the whole a, that's the point I'm talking about. I was like, okay, he's gonna get he's gonna end up getting that fight and get that uh getting a chance. And 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 here's the thing about it, like uh as a fighter, like hell yeah, you want that shot, you want that opportunity, but then here's the boxing politics. He fights on a whole nother network, he's on the zone and all that, and you know, I'm on PBC, so it's like the fighters can want to fight. But the fight may never happen and you can be a mandatory and still get passed up and passed up. And I don't I don't know. But now they're kind of cleaning up the division. You know, a lot of different things are happening. You know, I'm, I'm rocking with the uh, WBO right now. So my next fight is supposed to be a title eliminator. So once I win that, I'll, I'll get the, uh, the winner of Fulton Roman, period. Or they'll okay. have to vacate. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting that shot after I get this guy out the way. Okay. Do you think at some point maybe you should have someone in your corner or have yourself talk to like the zone and see if you can st- still get that title shot or something I, like that? I mean, like, uh, so I won uh, two world title eliminator fights with the WBA, two back to back. I had a fight schedule on the books. And then they told me I had a mandatory fight with another guy for another uh, title eliminator fight. And then the winner gets uh, MJ. 
But it's like, yo, I already won two. Like, what makes me think after I beat this dude, I'm gonna get who's to say it's who's who's to say it's gonna happen again? And I already had a fight scheduled, you know, contract signed and everything. So it was like, well, look, I got to take this fight, and then afterwards we can talk and do business or whatever. They weren't trying to hear that, so I moved on. They they moved on, you so, know. So in your position, have you hired another uh, manager, or did you just get yourself a lawyer and leave like? Uh, like I, I, I still have a manager. Uh, you know, I got a manager, promoter, but it's just it it wouldn't have done me any good. You know, right. it just uh, at, at this point in time. You know, because like things are still lining up for me to fight for the world title this year. You know, I, I should be fighting maybe in May or early June. And then I should be fighting for the world title before the end of the year. I hope like, so, man. Like, I really I really want to see you back in the ring, man. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I need more people need to see you fight. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just have to uh, stay true to myself and, uh, you know, make sure that uh, I'm, I'm better than I was the last time I stepped in the ring, you know, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, everything like that. And uh, I, I believe everything else is just there. So if I asked you, could you fight next Saturday? Would you be ready to go? I mean, yeah, physically, yeah. physically and mentally, I'm ready. Now, okay. you just got to cut that weight. Oh, hey. okay, okay. And see, here's the thing. Sometimes cutting weight is harder than the fight. Like, I, I killed myself to make weight my last fight. Like, it was on some... All the other shit that I ain't never been through. So Is it it's that like, the Akmadalia fight? No, no. This was this was like when I fought in November, but like uh oh okay, okay, okay. So so now I'm on some shit like okay, look, if I if I struggle like that next time around, I absolutely have to move up and wait. Like there's no if and buts about it. But if I keep my mind right and shit like that, I won't struggle like I did. All right, and so that's now- the goal. I got. I gotta ask you then. I gotta ask you, and I, I don't know what the, what what the, what the answer is gonna be. How much weight do you gain in between fights? I don't gain a whole lot, but but it, but it also depends how long the layoff is. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like you know, if you're expected to be back in another you know three four months, that's one thing. You know, mm-hmm. six eight months, it's like fuck. That's that's whole. That's another. But um, I I don't blow up. Like I heard of some dudes. They fight at 122. They blow up to like 160. Like yeah. what? Yeah, How that's what I was expecting. I thought you was going to tell me like, yeah, I get up to like 150, 160. I was going to Yo, say, that's no. fucking wild. Like, nah, no. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't every, never been up that high. Like, all the top guys I know that that are physically fit and in shape, they say I never get above 15 to 20 pounds. He said, and they said because if someone says they need me ready in six to eight weeks, you he said you're talking about nothing more than a than a couple pounds every every couple of days. He said, and then by the time you it's it's fight week, you're right there, you're a pound or two down, and you go in there, you walk in there, you're healthy, you're, you're good, you're not dehydrated, you haven't boiled yourself right. down, you haven't dried out and drained yourself, and now you're just ready to fight. Exactly. It's like you know, all the top fighters lose about 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose about 20 pounds to make weight and whatever, but all that anything above that. Y'all niggas wild. Like yeah. I ain't not some of them sloppy though, bro. Some of them are some oh, of yeah. the top guys are sloppy like that though. See, I mean, I was going through a lot of uh personal things outside the ring, you know, like my like I stay focused, like this is my life. I've sacrificed everything just to be sitting here having this conversation with you. Talk about you it. You know, Talk so I like not only owe it to the fans, I owe it to myself to be the best I can be, you know. So struggling to make weight, that's not putting myself in the best position to win. And, you know, I have to do that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm glad you said that because 
if you if you if this is what you choose as your as your as your life as your livelihood you got to give it all man and and your body is not only your temple but that's how you make your living so you got to make sure that you are in tip-top shape and, and taking care of the best yourself the best way possible do you read any books i mean i have a little bit of you know but like not not a whole lot like uh one of my goals actually was like last year mm-hmm. <laughs> was to read more you know and I, I read a few books and then i kind of just fell off and it was just you know life and just this this and that yeah. so i really got to pick that back up i probably know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it anyway because i know coming from where we come from it's not a lot of options for us and there are very few of us from each family that makes it so are you the primary breadwinner in your family yeah yeah a hundred percent you know um i'm all about breaking generational curses yes sir. you know but in order to do that you have to understand uh what it is you're breaking and then how to go about it but uh but yeah yeah i know so you get pulled in different directions and they try to they try to use you and, and damn near bankrupt you in the process i mean well you know family you've never heard of hitting you up like yo i lived not my whole life and never had a conversation with you like why should that change now because i choose to be better to do yeah. better like yeah. nah like <laughs> hey i'm yeah. not gonna get and i'm yeah. only saying that because i've encountered it it's not to it's not to like harp on anything that you got going on it's just because i run across people who say hey cuz and you know they reaching out and it's like no man like i didn't where were you when i went through the struggle to get to this point like I didn't hear, I didn't hear, I didn't see nobody when when I was grinding and I was walking around with cardboard, cardboard in my shoes. You know what I mean? Like where were yeah. you all then? And then for me to finally get to a position of of, of where I'm, um, I guess successful or I'm doing good. All of a sudden, everybody they got their hand out. So I, I definitely get it. I understand it. You know, it's 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 that fake love that just shows up. But you have to be able to process it and and, and have discernment when you're dealing with people anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, I just look at it black and white. Like if I've lived my whole life and never had a conversation with you, like to me, like family is more than, uh, you know, more than blood. Like, like, okay, like we're related. Like we we share the same blood. but That doesn't mean we're family. Like, I mean, that's different. Like blood means we're related. But that doesn't mean we're family. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. So how, how do you how do you like living out in Vegas? I mean, I love it out here. You know, it's shit. You know, you, you can turn up on a Monday, on a Tuesday, and it's like a Friday, Saturday. But like, especially when I first moved out here, I was all about business. Mm-hmm. I hit the ground running. I was training myself. I didn't, I didn't have a gym lined up. I didn't have a coach lined up. But I had vision and I had a goal. And I was, you know, working towards that. You know, so even now, I don't be turning up like that. Like, I love to have fun when I can. But like he were is when I can like mm-hmm. every weekend ain't a party and I don't care what type of chicks I'm kicking it with or what people trying to get into. I do me. I don't, I don't follow the crowd. I don't you know, I just do me. All right. Tell me what boxers dead or alive would you like to sit down and talk to and have a conversation with uh, Marvin Hagler, mm, uh, my favorite hands down, you know, uh, huge fan of his you know and i you know kind of relate to him in in a lot of different ways you know he he was highly avoided but he also felt like he didn't get the recognition he deserved which is why he changed his name to marvelous marvin Hagler. he had to to put something on it he had to put some sauce on it 
Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so hands down, uh, uh, him, hands down, like yeah. number by far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Penel Whitaker, mm. you know, I, I think that'd be uh, Prince Nassim. Okay. okay. You know, uh, <laughs> shit. Ah, man. Those are my top three. You okay. know, obviously, obviously, I got a lot more, you know, just being a fan of the sport and everything. But I mean, even Tyson, like, you know, I think he lives in, in Vegas. I haven't, uh, I haven't came across Tyson yet. Okay. Okay. You know. Yeah. I would love to sit with Marvin Hagler and like pick his brain and talk about boxing and everything, man. That, that would be so awesome. Uh, uh, see, I'd, yeah, I'd want to talk about boxing and outside of boxing. Yeah, just the, just the yeah, everything, like, everything. Yeah. Like, how, how do you, how did, how did he know when to turn it off? You know, like, did it take him a while to, to turn it off, or did he when he stepped out the ring? You know. Yeah, and and then also like you know I'd want to ask him like okay so what gave him the idea about changing his name because you know he didn't feel like he got the recognition but after you changed your name like that like how did you feel what type of what what extra did that what how much of an extra push did that give you because you can't just change your name like that and just fall the fuck off or no. you know get knocked out or whatever you know no. what I'm saying? So that gives you extra motivation like look they're they're this is it <laughs> I, I am I, i'm saying that because i am that exactly. and he lived up to it oh yeah he oh, lived yeah. up to it it wasn't like he said that shit and then had he went by destruction and destroying all that stuff and war and, and he just said it like he, he lived that yeah and and this was when it was like boxing every weekend but the best of the best fighting the best yeah and, and don't get me wrong it was still about business but it wasn't about this. Oh well, um, I'll I'll fight this guy because he's an easier fucking fight. Even though this guy is the champ, this is the guy the fans want to see me fight. But now nah, I'm not gonna do that. Nah, like that. The real fights was happening back then, and that's why boxing was jumping. Yeah, yeah. Mar Marvin was king of the hill, and once he became king of the hill, he said, "Everybody that wants a piece of me at 160, come see me. I'm not going nowhere. I'll be here. Just step up." He asked for the fight with Tom. He asked for it with Sugar Ray. Roberto Duran, he had told Wilfredo Benitez if he ever felt uh, froggy, leap, you know what I mean? Like, he was really with all that shit. And I love Marvin for that, man. He never ran from nobody. No, no, no. He never ran from a fight, man. And, and that was one of the things that I, I really had admired about him uh, from watching him because here's a guy that went 35 fights, I think, or 40 fights before he finally got a, a title shot. And then right. when you go back and you look at the look at what was going on, even Bob Aram was like, I don't want to put nobody in front of that guy. And I think the, the only reason it happened is because uh, I think there was like a congressman who was like a big uh, boxing fan. And uh, I think he reached out to Hagler. Hagler reached out to him. And then he was kind of pushing for the fight, you know, so it's like, you yo, know, your shit, asked, you know, your shit. Had, you know, he had some juice and it was like, yo, like, but it took all of that. It took all of that. It took a congressman to shine light on Hagler's name and, and what he was doing for them to say, all right, let's get this guy, let's get him a chance. Right, right. You know, like that's wild. But do like, you have pretty, a do you have a favorite one to three favorite Hagler fights? I can't. Not really. I mean, I just like them all, you know, win, lose, draw. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. uh, I'm just watching the way he carries himself, you know, uh, the delivery of some of his punches, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, I can't really say I got a top three. You know, it's a uh, – damn. Yeah, that'd be tough. 
It would be tough. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like I, I can I can sit and watch him all day. I can sit and yeah. watch Marvin all day. Because when you're looking at him, you're not just looking at a guy who comes to punish you for, and break you down. But Marvin could box. Mm-hmm. He could box. He could sit there and just box you and everything and just let you fall asleep. Wait till you <laughs> fall asleep and just and then and throw the trap out there. Like, all right, got you. You wasn't paying attention. You know, and I and I I love I love watching him work, you know, because he was always working and just like blue collar work. You know, and, and that just lets me know, like a, a guy like that, you, his style basically was a, a reference. It imitated where he came from, you know, everything that he was struggling with and dealing with just to get to that point. But definitely, I, I, if I could sit down, I, Marvin would be at my table. Roy Jones would be at my table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson would be at my table. Archie Moore would be at my table. And probably Jack Johnson would be at my table. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yo, Jack, what made you ride around thinking that you you could fuck all them white women like that, bro? <laughs> right, for right. You know, and, and could nobody fuck with you? Yeah. And could at nobody a, fuck with you? At a time like that and just yes. life. Woo! <laughs> yes, when it was heavy, heavily yeah. uh, racist and people hated us just for no reason at all. Man. Man. And just riding around with white women, knocking them down, you know, and couldn't nobody say nothing to the man. All right. Wow. <laughs> like, yo, I, I would have so many questions for him, man. I'll have so many questions for him because don't you think to me at some point, there has to be a point where like, I'm sure you have the attitude. I don't give a fuck the same way I, I got the attitude. I don't give a fuck. But his had to be like beyond that, you know, <laughs> like. And it had to be just like, you know, imagine him growing up, imagine him it, just through the amateurs or, you know, through the pro ranks and ev- everything. Like it had to be, you know, like shit. Yeah, he had to have a, he had, he had to have a crazy uh, ego and, 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 and self-esteem in himself that said, man, I don't give a fuck with nobody. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if y'all got a problem with it, y'all can come see me about it. You know, right. So <laughs> I definitely would like to have him at my table and sit down and have one of those conversations with me and, and shoot the shit. Definitely. Uh, right now, when you look at the land, landscape of boxing, who do you like? I mean, obviously, you know, I, I do like Canelo. I kind of just feel like he does like Canelo's, you know, great fighter. But I do kind of feel like he, you know, kind of cherry picks some of his fights, you know, fighting these UK dudes and this, this and that. And it was like Caleb, you know, was his first U.S. fight from since what? He fought Floyd or whatever the fight? After he fought Floyd, he fought uh, James Kirkland. But James Kirkland was shot by then. Oh, he had a yeah. new trainer I mean, and all he, that. He came back out from like retirement, you know, and so that's kind of. But Cable was still kind of safe because he's not a hitter boxer, but not wasn't a hitter, you know, and. Um, Right, yeah. so I had a guy tell me that Caleb would knock him out. Yo, this is like, you know, <laughs> the craziest thing to me is what Caleb said in fight. You're a great fighter. You're getting your ass beat by this dude who's a great fighter, but you're going to tell him he's a great fighter? Nigga, like, that, like as, as a warrior, as a, as a warrior who, who's willing to die on his sword, you don't never say that to nobody in fight. You no. want to say that after you win, lose, draw? All right. No. But in fight? Because to me, if you're telling me that during the course of the fight, I feel like maybe you know that you're overmatched. Oh, yeah. You're you just hoping not to get knocked out. You're trying to survive. You're a great fighter. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't yep. knock what, me out. What do you think of, yeah, what do you think of my skills? But that's, that's me. That's me. That's my opinion. 
you know. I so, can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh but yeah, yeah, just uh cuz I uh, so the cherry picking. I I feel that way. I I I I agree with that. Um I haven't seen him in his current prime since the Mayweather fight and since the Aris Lundy Lara fight fight a guy that is of the Floyd stature, like a guy that's just as oh. elusive. And we haven't seen him do that. And we all know who it's supposed to be. It should be Andre. Yeah. Yeah, he should. He, yeah. That's the guy. If you want to show us that you really that dude, fight him. Because if you fight him and you beat him, I can't say nothing else. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you want to truly be solidified, like obviously people are still going to give, give him the title. But if, like if you want to truly be solidified, Beat the Charlo, beat the Benavidez, beat mm. the beat the Andre. Can't nobody say nothing, but see, that's what Floyd did time and time again to all the big fucking names. So, I mean, hey, if you want to be solidified, do it like that. And we, but we not seeing that from him. We seeing him take on the the Rocky Fieldings. Oh, wait, the, the... <laughs> who did he fight before Caleb? The UK dude, the uh... Callum Smith. <laughs> what? Come on, come on, Callum Smith, bro. And Callum come Smith on. was a champion, however, I don't even think with a whole camp because you know that he, he did that fight within like five weeks. And you know, in five weeks, you got to fly out to America, you got to get a spot to live, you got to find a place to train. So that's pretty much your whole time trying to get here and set up shop. Now, this might be a biased opinion to me, you okay. know, and like you know, a, a, a champion is a champion. But when you're a champ in the UK, it's not like being a champ in the US. When you're a champ in Africa, it's not like being a champ in the US. No, sir. It's, you know, so like, call me biased if you want to, but like, I, I've been in the gym with them, like, you know, with champs from different states and come here, like, they're like a fucking amateur. They are. You know? And, and, like, and it's not to speak ill about them, but their no, style like is so very damn, straight up. But, it's very straight up and down. It's 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 not the most unpredictable thing. And within the first minute or two, you know, you're either going to outbox him or knock his head off. Like you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. Even I, through the amateurs, when you see him, you go, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, I know what this is. I, I know how this night is going to go. You know what I mean? So I definitely would like to see him, like you said, a Charlo, a, a, a Andre or a Benavides. Now, I think Bavol is a decent challenge, though. I will say that. I think it's Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, he's going to be a little bit slower, which would give Canelo an advantage. But, I, I mean, I'm still seeing that as a 60-40. I mean, fuck, you're fighting in Canelo's backyard. You know, yep. like, you got to beat him. Yep. He's the money bag. He's the champ champ. Like, you, you got to beat you him. You have to embarrass him or knock him out. And yeah. that one, one, two shit ain't gonna do it because he's gonna be sitting in the pocket waiting on that. Yeah, Canelo, yeah. I, even though I would say he has gotten better, but not to the level that we have. He hasn't went to that next, that high level where we, we know that can't nobody really fuck with him. Like, I want to see that out of Canelo. Like, yo, can't nobody fuck with me? And give me the Charlo, give me the Benavidez, give me the, give me the Andre. Right, but you know, hey, if we if we gonna keep it real, we gotta keep it real. Like you know, like uh, he out here breaking dudes orbital bones, eating that Mexican beef. You know, it's like that's the other part, right? You know, and then, like, and then yo, they like we they, don't forget, like what the fuck, <laughs> you know? They like, changed the rules for him. The WBC changed the rules for him so he could do it. Yeah, and and it's just like when um Valdez uh knocked out uh old boy who just fought. I, I forgot his last name. Uh, Burchell. Yeah, Burchell. He shouldn't even have had that fight. 
like he should have at least six months suspension, something. Yeah, that, like, they, how went, you, they went right into that fight. Right how into you gonna, it. How you gonna pop dirty and just like, come on, come on? And they just so happen to have the same trainer, like just so happen to have the same trainer. But hey, you know we and, we don't talk the, about that. The other <laughs> thing about it was, well, you live in Mexico. How you not know that the beef was tainted? Like, aren't they supposed to do something about that before it reach you? Yeah, it went. Yeah, you know. What else you gonna say? Yeah, you ain't gonna cop to it, you know. Man? Yeah, so. no, no, no. So, oh, since since you spoke on him, <clears throat> what do you think of David Benavidez? Because I, I like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fast hands can hit. I mean, he's not much of a boxer, but you Mm-mm. know, he, he's tall. Yeah, but he, he got a good jab too. He got a good jab. Oh yeah, fast hands. He can hit. Uh, I, I like Benavidez. You know, I'd like him more if if he had some type of movement because i don't believe in absorbing all the time you know and then you don't really know what the refs are counting you know like you absorb four or five punches shit two of the refs could have counted all those punches maybe you blocked them all but you don't really know yeah but you could I, block I like them benavidez. all and it just looks good it just looks good because of activity yeah see i like i like benefitas in a canelo fight but but now without any true movement like fuck you're gonna be eating a lot of shots especially in those championship rounds Shit, it's gonna be a dog fight. So I, don't I think know, that's what I Dave wants, though. I think that's I think that'd be a wants. great fight. You know? Yeah, I need I need David to uh tighten up on his defense, and I also need him to work on that midsection, man, because he be coming to the ring looking like you know he ate, <laughs> he ate half a turkey before he got there. So Mr. Pillsbury, no boy. What what's up with that, man? Mikey Garcia and them like all the motherfuckers be showing up to the ring with the little bellies and shit. It's like they just say fuck, fuck, working out the abs. I mean, well, but see, sometimes it might just be your body structure. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Cause like, dude, be in shape, be in shape, be ready. But it's like, yo, you, you soft in the middle. Yeah. And I will say that, man, David cardio game is crazy. Cause his yeah. last couple of fights, if you have, I don't know if you watch them, but I'd be paying attention to a lot of shit that y'all be doing. Cause I used to, you know, I used to be, be in the gym and shit. But when I watch him, he barely breathing hard, man. Yeah. I'd be looking like, what the fuck? What type of cardio they got dude doing? <laughs> maybe it's that Big Bear training. You know, he Big Bear in Colorado. Uh, maybe maybe that's that elevation is what it's doing it for him. Could be, you know, could be. But hey, hard work, consistency, you know, get you there. Do you think that you uh, could possibly get a fight with, uh, what's his name, Inoue? Um, I, I believe it's possible. You know, he moves up. Uh, you know, I expect to uh, beat the next guy I fight, uh, fight for the world title this year, win it. Mm-hmm. He moves up to the division. You know, he, he's fair game. He's a champion. He has a big test in front of him in the rematch with uh, Nonito Donaire. You know, that's so that'd gonna be a, a good fight. That's going to be a good fight. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Uh, you know, I think Nonito's gotten better since they last fought, only because I don't think he was at that weight for that that long before they fought. So no, actually, matter of fact, they fought in the tournament. So yeah, yeah, you know that was it. That was like his first original weight for Nonito when yeah. he first turned pro. And remember, he yeah. tried to go up and fight the Axe Man, and the Axe Man was like, "No, Access denied," and chopped no. him down. He was like, "All right, it's probably best if I go back down." Yeah, yeah, but you know, he's had his feet under him at that weight for 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 a minute now. I think he's gotten better, so uh, that'd be a great fight. But uh, you know, in a way moves up to the division he's fair game for all the top dogs what is he is he 118 or is he is he lighter 18 okay all right yeah no all right so what about you if 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 you can't get nothing there does it matter about going up to 126 or anything um it, yeah but um 
I have to win the title first, you know, okay. because that, that's the short term goal. Winning I need you to get a title, man. Title. I need you to get one of them titles, bro. The short term goal is winning the uh, world title at the 22 pound division, uh, defend it, move up. You know, whether I move up to 126 or 130 is a question, you mm. know, that that's uh, where the opportunity is. I mean, fuck. I would I always fought 132 in the amateurs. You know, I would love to move up to 130. Big hitters, great fighters, heart, you know, but where the opportunity is. But okay. Yeah. Could you see yourself staying at 122 to become uh undisputed? Uh if the opportunity is there, you know, so like you know, I win it. Obviously, there'll be negotiations to get Akmedalia on this side or meeting in the middle, you know, trying to do something like that. But I wouldn't hold my breath for it. If it's okay. possible, oh, yeah, 100%. Who wouldn't want to be undisputed at 22? Like, I don't think that's ever actually happened. Yeah, that's what I'm asking, bro. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's somebody got to do it. Right. So it'd be uh, great for history and to be that person. Hell yeah. But it has to be possible, you know. So if it's not possible... I'm just going to move up and do whatever is best for me. We're going to have to find a way to uh, negotiate, bargain, or uh, threaten Akhmedaliyev over there and tell him, man, get your ass to the table, bro. But see, the most important thing is getting there. That's yeah. the most important thing. Got to get there. Yeah. And uh, That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. Definitely. That. I, 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 but I would love to see you against these top guys, man. I swear. That's why I was looking like, dude, heat. I was like, I'll be, I'll be looking at him like, yo, they just gotta get him that one good shot so the world can see him. Cause it's not like you, it's not like you're like a troublemaker. It's not like you be out here doing bullshit all the time. Nah, well, it, it's not that. It's the guys don't want to fight me. See, I've never had the uh the option to fight two, three different guys. It's like, okay, this is who you're fighting. It's like, okay. But see, you get the guys like Fulton and whatnot, you know, you got three guys you can choose. You want to fight him, him, or him. And time, you know, I get passed up. Okay. Do you think it's a situation, and this is just me having an idea because I don't, you know, you know more of the inner workings of this thing, but you you think you could do something like look between a WBA, WBC, WBO, and IBF and see who's a top rank one through five and just see if you can get one of those guys to to fight? Well, uh, that will pretty much like that's already kind of taken place, you know, so like now, like my my next fight is going to be a title eliminator, which is the situation I want to be in. You know, to where if the if the next guy doesn't fight me, he has to vacate. But any which way, I'm still going to get my shot. You know, that's the situation I have to put myself in because otherwise, you know, it's never going to happen. Okay. At one point, you did you did you have a you don't have to talk about this if you want to. Did you have like a bout with depression? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I went through some uh depression and stuff like that, you know, uh, really missing my daughter, you know, some other personal things, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, and shit, <laughs> even now, you know, I got some crazy things going back home in Michigan, you know, yeah. but um, I'm not depressed right now, but just some crazy shit is going yeah. on back in Michigan. But yeah, you know, um, I haven't really told nobody, but, you know, kicking in with a girl, whatever, she tells me she's pregnant. You know, and I already got a thousand things going through my head. I got a big fight coming up. I was already depressed. Mm. Now I got this going through my head. And I'm like, yo, my best friend from Michigan came into town. It's Hollywood. It's a Halloween weekend. We drank like four days straight. You know, he took off. I'm still training. But like my head's all over the place. I'm struggling to cut weight. You know, fight comes around. But like, you know, 
I'm not telling nobody what's going on. It, it's like, I, I got to be focused. Yeah. Manager, you know, that's a cop out, you know, managers, promoters, trainers, like, nah, like, put me in the game. I'm going to find a way to win no matter what I'm going through because that's what champions do. But man, you know, I was uh, all over the place. Have you cut the drinking out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't drank or anything like that. You know, I haven't been eating out. I've been trying to do things right. You know, I'm in a, I'm a, I'm in a good place mentally. You know, I'm good. in a good place physically and, and all that stuff, you know. But uh, just a lot of things going on that was out of my control. Well, <laughs> most of the things. Some of it. Some of it we yeah. can't control. Some of it we can't control. Right, right. I mean, but like, you know. And some of it we don't even have to have to control. We can just leave it the fuck alone because it ain't ours to, to fight or deal. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like mid-December, almost January, whatever, you know, she ended up telling me she lost it. You, mm. know, but, you know, so it's like, fuck. But, you know, just life, you know, crazy okay. stuff. So, okay. Do you have any kids currently? I have a daughter. I have an okay. eight-year-old daughter. Right. She lives in uh, Arizona. Okay. Why not? Why not out in Vegas? Is it best for her to be in Arizona? Well, so like you know, we're all originally from Michigan, you know, right. and I made the ultimate sacrifice, moving two thousand miles away to pursue my career to provide a better future for myself and her. Gotcha. You know, she then moved to Florida, and then Florida to Arizona. But you know, obviously, I still miss her. You know, I miss time. She's getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Shit, it's hard, but you got to do what you got to do. My next question. What do you think needs to change in boxing? Well, um, I think they got to get rid of a lot of the fake belts, which they have start cleaning, which is great. Facts. Facts. Um, I, I think they got to start making uh, champs fight champs, you mm. know, and uh, make boxing pop how it used to pop. You know, it's like if, if you're in this category, you've got to fight these group of people. There's no way around it. Otherwise, you got to vacate, move up, whatever. You know, um, I think that'd be great for the fans. It'd be great for the sport. You know, so. I think that's one of the things that's missing, that we aren't seeing the best fight the best. Like everybody gets to grab a belt and then just go off and do their own thing. And, yeah. and no one seems to want to unify and, and put on the best put on the best fights and when you don't put on the best fights you can't gain traction and you can't make the sport any better than what it is because we can't see the, the best guys fighting the best and getting the best results out of it but also you know it's the boxing politics behind it because if yeah. you're a champ on this platform and there's a champ on that platform you guys fit the same category have to fight without anything uh being changed that fight 9.5 times out of 10 will never happen very because true. the politics so Very it's true. like they gotta they gotta get that out of there somehow to where so is it the because you you would know better than i would is it partly the fighters fight fault and the promoters or is it just all on the promoters to say i'm just keep my guy over here doing this oh i, I wouldn't i wouldn't say it's all on the promoters I, I i'd say some could be on the fighter you know maybe the fighter doesn't necessarily want to fight the other guy you know I don't think maybe some the, of these guys want to fight though but that's what like Maybe the promoter wants to fight, but the fighter doesn't, or same vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fighter wants it, but the promoter doesn't. It's not putting money in the promoter's pocket. Maybe the other guy, he's a champ, but he's not a big draw, but you are a draw, you know, or maybe you both aren't a real big draw, but it's like, okay, well, it's not really a win. It's just a, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's not but a big money. I feel like it's that's not a big money fight. Crap. 
Yeah. That's got to be scrapped somehow, you yeah. know? And I feel like then boxing will be back where it once was. Because back then, it wasn't so much like that. Mm-mm. So that, that I feel like that's a big problem. Do you think that you guys should have a boxing union? Oh, that'd be amazing, but I, you know, I don't, I don't really see that ever happening. But really, it, I think you, I think you guys need that, man. I think in order for that to happen, it would take uh, some of the greats coming together, the past fighters and champions, and to organize it, you know, and because uh, they've lived through it, you know. So, like, how can they make their kids who are fighters or their friends or you know connects or whatever do do better and be better than what you once were yeah because we need the sport to grow and we need to consider the safety of you guys as fighters you guys aren't just warriors in a ring but you guys take you know you 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 use your body to make a living and 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 there needs to be some type of uh backing for that some insurance and, and some type of 401k or something where it takes care of like doctor bills and things like that. So you guys don't have to worry about that type of stuff. Cause I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's guys that are like making $500 for a fight. You know what I mean? And and they still got a family to feed. But see, the problem with that is like, okay, out of each fight, you know, we can take X amount of money and, you Mm -hmm. know, put it over here and then match it. But there's some fighters going fight to fight and only surviving off that. So like, instead of that $200 going to them, I need all that, you know, like, cause I'm, I'm struggling for gas. I'm struggling to eat. I'm struggling to provide. So it's like, I need to get as much in my pocket as possible. Yeah. I think, I think you it know? should come out so of the promoter's pocket too, though, for the union. I right. But, but that's the situation it. that a lot of fighters are in. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Is is that something that you hear all the time? Guys, especially, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a job or something like that. Oh, you, you hear it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that for in boxing that's the norm you know like that's yeah that's the norm now it's every fighter's dream to be able to train and and box full time but you got to be at a certain level to be able to do that because otherwise it ain't fucking happening yeah i I hear from time to time i hear guys being firefighters or they work at a grocery store part-time you know some of them are teachers and shit like that just so they could make ends meet Um, right and and it that bothers me. Like it frustrates the fuck out of me. It kind of makes me angry because it's like these dudes are doing literally killing themselves to get in shape just so they can kill another motherfucker. Yeah. They're, they're, they're they're getting treated like just like toys. Like you can just be broken up and just thrown away and and just pick up another one and say, all right, I got a new toy. And that's not how it should work. Yeah, no, it's true. But you know, once or if boxing ever innovates, kind of catches up with the times mm-hmm. and really tries to blow the UFC and all that out, out the water. And until that happens, I, you know, hey, you got to keep kind of. Yeah. And, and, and since you said that way, because when I look at the UFC, even though they're not getting pay, paid good money, <clears throat> the best are fighting the best over there. Like the, they, they are yeah. really sticking to the That's... king of heel mentality. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're not fighting. For a lot, but mm-hmm. the best, the best are fighting the best. Absolutely, you know? and that's that's definitely one of the things we want to see. Definitely one of the things we want to see. We have you seen noticed that we're living more in a, the undisputed era of boxing? Like we're we're seeing yeah. more of that. Oh well, yeah, no, we are for sure. And then it's kind of like, well, why do you think that is? You know, it's like, well, when the best don't fight the best, 
it's kind of you know easier the, the path is easier versus back in the day fuck, the yeah. best is fighting the best it's, the it, like it, it's hard to be undisputed when you're way up you're fighting a champ already with belts or whatever and then you're still climbing and just yeah well if, let me ask you this question what fights would you like to see this year or in the future <clears throat> Uh, for myself or just in general? For yourself and then, you know, uh, just in the landscape of boxing? Well, you know, I I, I do want to see that uh, Nonito in a way fight. You know, I do want to see that. I want to see who comes out on top. You know, I'm pulling for Nonito. I mean, I, I want Nonito to win. Uh, he was a big influence as to why I ended up moving to Vegas. But um, so that, uh, I, I got to get through my fight. I'm fighting a, a good guy coming up, uh, Mike Polania. Okay, I'll have to look him up. I don't know. I don't. I don't. He don't yeah, really yeah. mail to me. I think it's like nineteen and one or something like that. He just beat that Joshua Greer. Well, he beat Joshua Greer not too long ago. Okay, but, uh, I, he, I know Joshua Greer. I know Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so he gave him a loss, but uh, he, he's a good fighter, strong, explosive. Um, I, I want the Fulton fight, or you know, him, the winner of uh, Fulton Roman. You know, okay. so that's gonna be a good fight. So whoever comes out on top, that's what I want, obviously. Uh, I'd want to see Canelo and uh, Charlo or Canelo and Benavidez. Yes, man. You know, I think that, that'd that be good. And, uh, you know, I like Tank. I, I don't care for the Roley fight, but I want to see Tank try to fight a big name, uh, preferably at 35, because I believe that's his division. But I think he's trying to move up to 40, so I'm not really sure what's going on with that. I got a question about – you You done or you going to keep going? No, 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 you good. Okay. I don't care much for that fight. But it's a it's a knockout, right? I I think Tate knocks him out. Like people saying, like Roley is strong and this this and that. But like I fought on the card with Roley. Like I ain't got nothing against him. But like I don't see it. I don't don't feel like he has a a lot of experience. And then also, who has he fought? He he hasn't fought nobody. Like I mean, Tank Tank has fought Santa Cruz. Take uh, fought the pit bull. The pit bull brought it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I don't. I don't see Roley beating the pit bull. No, I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't see Roley beating Santa Cruz. You know, I, 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 I could maybe see that happening, but um, no. when I look at him, I just see a guy who tries to plant and throws one or two shots of power and and take your head off and boxing even though you guys don't get paid for overtime it is a sport of skill and science and repetition in the ring isn't always good for you if a, if a guy like tank who's had what two three hundred amateur fights if he can start picking that shit apart like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna notice all the stuff that you're doing and then he's gonna start just exposing it and picking it apart and when you look at at least when i look at Roley, i look at Roley and i go what do you really do besides punch? Well, I mean, he doesn't have fast hands. He doesn't have fast feet. I don't know how good his boxing IQ is. I've never really seen him roast that pivot. Maybe a few feints, but like I like, what do you bring to the table? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's won some fights. I don't think he's fought anybody. I guess he can hit. But I feel like when you get to a certain level, you got to be able to do certain things. And just hitting hard is good, but I think that can only get you so far. Yeah, and, and this is the thing that you notice because you, you're a professional, and I, I, I notice because I used to just fight. 
you notice in the ring when they're hiding a power puncher behind boxing because it should just be basic and he can just he can just punch, but you just know that you know he's good enough to to get close enough to you and, and, and box well enough to punch. They should have just done that with him too. Yeah, I mean, because I, I could see that fight happening. There's gonna be a time he has to use his legs, and like I don't think I've ever seen him use his legs. So, like, how do you do it? No, I, I Tank know. is coming in that ring. And he is throwing shots. Like, I don't know how fast it's going to, like, I don't know if it's going to start in round one, but. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be a painful fight. Tank has fast hands. He can hit. He has mm. skills. He, he has a big boxing IQ. So it's like, he can use his legs, you know. Uh, I, hey, I don't know. But it's happening. So actually, oh, yeah, it's happening in May, right? So I like May, like. Yeah, yeah, like 29th, something like that. Yeah, yeah, like the second or third uh, week in May. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to tune in. I don't think I'm going to see if one of the buddies want to pay for that because I, I don't want to pay for that fight. Yeah, like, I, I, I want to see it, but I don't want to pay for it. I feel you. You know, if I catch it, I catch it, but it ain't, I'm not paying for it. Yeah, I feel you. When, as far as working out for you, do you have a routine? Like, do you get up early, like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock? Or- um, I've been waking up at six lately. You know, I've been waking up at six, uh, doing my morning routine, you know, hit my sit ups, stretch, eat breakfast, chill, and then get the day started. Okay. So you do stretch because I-, I hear some guys pass on that. Yeah. I'm actually uh, getting uh, stretched before too long. I'm going to get stretched and massaged a little bit, you know, and probably what, like 30 minutes, actually. Okay, cool. Let me know, man, so I don't, I don't take you over your time and everything. I, I, I'm i I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this talk. Yeah, yeah. Not for yeah, sure. Definitely. So do, do you, you ever do uh, yoga? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've done yoga. I haven't done yoga in, in, in a minute, but uh, I go to hot Pilates, you know? Oh, okay. So, uh, like, the Pilates, I'm like, man, like, the first time I did it, uh, it was my first three-a-day. I'd worked out in the morning at the boxing gym, spar, hit the mitts, hit the bag, Boom, went straight to the fitness gym, got it in, went to the crib, chill, ate. And I'm like, you know what? Let me pop into a Pilates gym and see what it's about. You know, so I did like a little intro class. Like I was able to join for free. I almost wanted to leave the class by the end of the day. Like I was like, yo, I was dead. I'm like, look, I got to sign up. I got to. <laughs> <laughs> I got to. You know, it, it was hot Pilates. I was in there dripping wet. Yeah. But the workouts we did, you know, working those small muscles you don't typically work. Mm-hmm. And I was in there dead. And I'm like, All right, I, I got to sign up, you know. So wow. I did it on the spot. And uh, yeah, I've been rocking with that place for a minute. Excellent. 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 Because that's part of getting the muscles to stretch and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and all those, like you said, those little bitty muscles that we take for granted. I don't know much about, you know, opening the body up and letting that blood flow and everything. Yeah, you know, and I'm consistently trying to get better. It's like, what can I do to add another dynamic to my workouts? You know, so instead of, I don't believe the boxing gym is enough. You can't Mm-mm. just go to the boxing gym, you know? So, okay, I go to the fitness gym too. Okay, well, you can't just go to the fitness gym. All right, fuck it. I'm going to go to the Pilates gym too. You know, I'm trying to be the best that I can be. So... That's why, you know, some dudes, oh, you go to Pilates? Like, I ain't doing that. Yeah, okay, nigga, come to a class and, and yeah. make it through. Yeah. And make it through. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Facts. Are you are you big on sparring? That's a question I have for you. Are you big on sparring? Like, how often do you spar? I, I, I like to spar, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a workhorse. It's easy for me to overtrain. You know, you know how hard it is to do a three a day, you know, two a days is hard too. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, so I, 
I'm trying to manage things a lot better. You mm-hmm. know, um, I, I do like sparring, but it, it's all about uh, managing what you're doing. You know, like I was okay. supposed to fight in like what? What? November? No, wait. You fought in November, I right? In, I was supposed to fight in September and then it got pushed back to November. But I was originally supposed to fight in like August. So it's like, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it's like, fuck. You know, so when so, it comes to sparring, do you do you prefer to find out when you're actually fighting and then start sparring? Preferably, you know, so that way it's like, yo, I already got in like 200 plus rounds or something like that. And I'm not fighting for like another three months. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Okay, got you, know? you, got you. So you got to kind of, or for me, it's like I'm trying to do things better, different, smarter. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what works best for me? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care what works best for you. You know, what works best for me? So that's, uh, cause that's I've seen some guys, I've seen some guys in the gym, um, without a fight and like they would, they were going like dog, they were dogging each other. And I was like, yo, y'all, why y'all going to war? Yeah. Nobody has a fight. Like, what are you, what right. are you guys doing? There's no amateurs, nothing. There's nothing going on. And you guys are in there going, going at each other like that. That's how you end up with a lot of punishment. Right. That and then you burn yourself out. You know, it's fight night and it's like, fuck, I don't, I don't feel explosive as I was when I first started sparring or whatever, because you did too much for too long. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've seen it a couple of times. I was like, man, these guys got to learn how to hit the chill button, man. Sometimes that bravado is best to, to just turn that shit off and go, no, nah, man, we ain't doing that until I find out when I got to fight, bro, because yeah. you weigh yourself out like that. Big facts, you know. Hell so, yeah. Shit. So do you, uh, in between time, have you had a chance to travel? Do you like traveling? Yeah, yeah, I like to travel. You know, I, I want to do more in the future, you know, but uh, but I like to travel. I have right for my next you, five. Right now you're grinding, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm grinding right now. Uh, I'm actually taking a trip uh, to Michigan next week, you know, just family stuff going on and everything. But I'll, I'll be back. I'm only going to be there for like four days, you know, so I'll be back. And uh, I'm, I'm all about business up until after I fight and then. You know, okay. see what's up. How often of a time period do you chill out after a fight before you go back into training? Uh, you know, kind of just depends on what's going on. You know, like after my last fight, uh, you know, I, I call my publicist. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I'm, 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 I'm depressed and shit. And he's like, why? What's up? Like, you won. Be happy. And I'm like, man, I just got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> you know, so uh, I didn't really... That whole month of December, I didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just in, in the crib, like, one, celebrating. Usually, I'll celebrate after win. Like, you know, I had a dope-ass after party at, uh, at the Aria, the Jewel at the Aria. You know, shout out to Aria, you know. But um, I chilled. Like, I was in the motherfucking crib. I ain't do shit. I ain't leave nothing until about, like, mid-January. And then I was like, all right, like, I'm cool. Because I don't think you – I don't remember you taking much punishment in that fight. No, no, it's not about taking punishment or anything. It was just so much I was going on outside the ring and stuff like that. And it was okay. just life trying to figure out things, you know, how can I see my daughter more and just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just life. Are there any business ventures that you got a, got going on that you want to plug on the podcast? And, uh, you know, I'm just working on some things. That, that's all I can really speak on right now. You know, okay. I'm talking to a few different people, just trying to work on some things and trying to figure out what's the best approach and when, like right now I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get to the world title fight. I'm trying to win the world title fight. So like that's taking up all my time, effort and energy, 
And I kind of have to keep it like that until I get there. But once I get there, I gotta, it's gotta be right now. Everything's gotta click right now. So that's what I'm trying to get set up instead of getting there and then trying to figure out like, okay, now it's time. I'm already gonna have shit set up. Okay. All right. Um, I'm not telling you to do this, but do you feel like you have to do like some of these other guys are doing? Not saying that you have to, but you got to be on social media acting all crazy and you you know um people can take notice of you, but I know that you're a skilled dude, but do you feel like you may have to do something like that? I ain't telling you to. I'm well. I'm uh I'm just not a social media fighter, you know, and uh but a lot of that is just how I was raised. You know, I was raised not to uh put my business out there on front street, you know what I'm saying? Like people's not supposed to know how I'm moving, what I'm doing, when I'm doing it. Right. I just don't feel comfortable doing that because it's like even if I tried, I would revert back to who the fuck I am mm-hmm. and just grind or whatever I'm doing because that that's me. Like I just I can't do it. And it's not so much as like, I don't, I, I hate people who do that. I don't care. Do you, Yeah. but I'm just going to be me. Like, I'm not going to like try to do that to, because uh, that's what people want me to do or tell me that's what I should do. Maybe I should, but I'm just not that way. I just do me and it is what it is. And seeing boxing, I thought the best, you just got to be the best. You got to win. You got to look yeah. good doing it. And you know, you will pop. Well, I didn't know about boxing politics. So it's like, oh, shit, it ain't like that. Not only do you got to do that, but you got to do that, that, and that in yeah. order to have an opportunity at, at a talk, at a conversation. Well, if you get but, the chance, man, on your next check, try to set something aside for some real estate or something like that so you're good. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I hear you on that. Yes, sir. Look, Looking at some things in Arizona because my daughter's out there. So it's like, okay, you know, if I can get some properties out there, cool you know so Definitely. trying to figure some things out yes sir ladies and gentlemen my, my, my guest today is Raiz the beast Aline good sir I appreciate you to uh jumping in on this with me and, and having this talk with me I really appreciate it oh yeah oh yeah no problem anytime just yeah, yes up, sir man. yes sir uh I'm gonna let you go ahead and get to your yoga or, or your stretching or whatever it is so I can get ready and, and get myself together and, and head out but I appreciate you, man. Once again, this is Full Profits Podcast uh, episode with Raiz, the beast, Aileen. Remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in a driver's seat if it's taken. We done. <laughs>